When life feels strange and confusing, it is paramount to think things through. And now They Still Live Proudly presents Stone Thoughts with Ned Lee Baked. It's me, I'm Ned Lee Baked, and this is Stoned Thoughts. Do you ever wonder why dogs follow us to the bathroom? Do they think we need an escort? Are they concerned that they might miss out on some primetime primo pooping property? Do they think that you might be in danger and they want to keep a lookout or some shit? My dog is a terrible lookout. If somebody were to break into my house... That son of a bitch dog would lick the thief and offer to hold his flashlight. Speaking of lights, I just lost my damn lighter. Do you think my dog is going to help look for it? No. Why? Because he's too busy watching me pee. When I go pee, my dog just looks at me and stares like I'm the James Bond of golden shower role models and I'm showing him how it's done or some shit. And when I'm seated on the throne... That little bastard just sits on my feet looking up at me like he wants to ask me if I really do have ass cancer. Well, I hope I don't. Anyway, maybe dogs just follow us to the bathroom because we followed them to theirs. Which I get that. But I ain't sniffing no butts. I'm Ned. And I'm Baked. And this has been a stone thought. I think a lot of people just need to have a psychedelic experience. You know what I mean? Shut up and sit down. Aye. Hello. I'm TV actor and host Jeff Sandor. Welcome to episode 10 of They Still Live. This is a Patriot podcast where we all come together in the middle of the road and we chat about anything and everything. And sometimes we even say some of the most outrageous stuff that most people can only think about, but don't actually have the courage to say out loud. So let's get to know each other, shall we? We've got the entire cast from They Still Live. Say hello to talk show and radio host, the iconic Mr. Vinny B. What's up, Vinny? Not me, but I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm glad, brother. And welcome back, casting director and actress, Miss Jen and Gully. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me back. Sorry I missed it last week. I missed y'all. Well, we just want to wish you a post happy birthday. Oh, yes. Thank you. It's cool to be 29 with some experience, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> me too. I'm enjoying the experience, yes, for sure. Now I can actually, you know, value it a little bit more. Yeah, the clock's ticking now, honey. And give, <laughs> and give it up for world traveler, massage therapist, and writer, Mr. Chase Shoemade. How are you, brother? Doing well. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm not sober, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest about it. You're honest about it. Yeah. I learned two very valuable lessons from the last episode, just editing. And that is how sensitive these mics are. And I cannot get that freaking bank before I do a show. So we've got, uh, let's see, a couple of topics to throw out to the panel. We have got uh, religion and spirituality. And we also have uh, film and television, whatever else you guys want to talk about. I think I'll break the ice. Let's play a little game. Do you guys like word games? Sure. Like word Depends games. On- <laughs> This is like a word. <laughs> well, of course we can't we can't leave out trivia, but I want to warm <laughs> up a little bit. This is like a word phrase game, okay? This is we're gonna go down the line. Here's the uh, question: <laughs> What can you say during sex that you can also say at the dinner table? And we're gonna go <laughs> easy there, killer. Easy, easy. Sure. Again. I want to, I want something. Give me a phrase. What can you say during sex that you can also say at the dinner table? And I'll start. Um, let's see. I'd like some extra gravy on that. 
Jen, what you got? More, please. <laughs> Vinny, what you got? Would you like some cream with that? <laughs> oh, my God. Chase. That was really filling. <laughs> oh, no, thanks. I'm stuffed. <laughs> Jen. Can I have some fries with that? <laughs> okay. Now, are you fucking Ronald McDonald or something? <laughs> Holy happy meals. Okay. Okay. Vinny. One. It's more than a mouthful. <laughs> Figured Vinny's going to excel at this game. All right, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> this is sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> You got something on a corner of your mouth. Jen. Mmm, yummy. <laughs> Vinny. There's a hair in that. This <laughs> <laughs> happened to our podcast. Oh, Chase. I can't eat that again. <laughs> uh, are, are you sure that's kosher? Jen. <laughs> Warm that up for me, please. Vinny. You want some meatballs with your sausage? Chase. Well, it's really salty. Nice. Jeez, I'm gonna I'd like to go have dinner with all you people now. Is that wrong? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Specify what kind of dinner you're talking about here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, hopefully there's no hair in it. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, so uh, da, 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 da. film and TV stuff. I actually got to do a gig last week. This is kind of funny. Okay, let me just preface this by saying anything that I'm about to say is in no way reflective of any production company that I work with or any client that I represent. Okay. This is just purely my own idiotic thoughts, but so I booked this modeling gig last week and <clears throat> this was like the first time on set where everybody was COVID crazy. All right, Jen, you ready for this? I think so. Hopefully. <laughs> so I go to report to where the, the company that I was representing it was a great company. They're good. Very nice people. So I go to their headquarters, go to check in. There's signs everywhere. Like you can't have more than two people in the lobby at the same time. So I'm waiting outside to get in there so I can check in. They take my fucking temperature. You had to wear a mask, of course. Then I had to sign like a little card with my like cell number and my email and all this stuff to like track me, I guess, in case there's an infection, they want to contact everybody. I got the hell out of there and stepped outside as soon as I checked in and got my little badge. And I'd just been on the road for like three and a half hours. So I had to piss really bad. <laughs> so I'm just standing there holding, <laughs> holding, my, holding my bladder, waiting for these people to come get me so we could, you know, I could go to set and we could, we could set up and start doing our thing. Well, I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Finally, one of the ad people come out and they're like, so have you, You've been inside and saw the set and all this. I'm like, no, I haven't even seen the bathroom. I said, this COVID stuff is a trip, man. I said, this, this mask business is crazy. And they kind of just blew it off a little bit. And, you know, <clears throat> we get inside and stuff. Well, guess what product I'm modeling? <laughs> Take a fucking guess. What do you a mask? <laughs> Face mask. My fucking ass is out there going, I hate this fucking mask. What am I working with in my one all fucking day? But these people you, hate their own mask. How did you not know that going into the, the shoot? They don't tell actors shit, man. They just say, here, bring some clothes. This is the address. Here's the call time. Here's what you're getting paid. And that's like, okay, cool. Whatever. Man, they could put me in a flannel shirt and tell me to be Al Borland if the price is right. I don't give a shit, you know? I was trying to tell the makeup lady, I was talk, talking to her about it, getting her to weigh in. And this was the first time I had 
I'd been around people who were really pro fucking mask and a little bit more on the progressive end of the scale. And uh, it was, it was a little jarring. She said, the makeup lady was telling me super nice lady, super nice. She was awesome. Um, but she was telling me, she says, you know, I found that most actors and models are anti-mask. And I said, really? So I was on my social media. I said, I don't really see too many of them speaking out about it. There's a couple, but not very many. And she says, yeah. She goes, I think it's because the face is your moneymaker. And I was like, no, actually, I'm kind of against it because, you know, of my rights. <laughs> it's my body. and I'm not really cool with people telling me what to do when I'm a 40-year-old grown adult. But, you know, maybe it's vanity. So that's been my crazy stuff. But we powered through the shoot and everybody was super nice and, and very accommodating. And uh, it was a fun day despite having to do that. But, man, I tell you, I fucking hate these masks and I hate wearing them. And I'm not wearing them out in public anymore. Fuck them. I'm, <laughs> I'm over it, man. Let's wear like the doctor or something. You know, I'll put one on for them. I haven't been wearing one for the last two weeks. The only place I was wearing it, it was at school and at the clinic. But out in public, I haven't worn one. Nobody said anything to me. Nobody stopped me. And it's interesting because I'm often the only one in the grocery store or in a place that's not wearing one. And it's just interesting to me. That was my big question was, if has anybody given you like the stink eye or given you any shit or has anybody stopped you at the door and was like, sir, you got to put a mask on. Anybody done that? I, I kind of, I don't know if the guy just, if Whole Foods is, kind of loosening up their their uh regulations or if the guy that was working the front door just wasn't paying attention but uh nobody's really nobody said anything to me and i I'm, I'm think i'm getting some looks but i'm not i'm not really paying attention i'm going into these places getting what i need to get and and leaving it's not like i'm going in looking for somebody to say anything and i think that's the big difference between some pit buddy that's uh, you know going in and you, I know you've heard of or at least seen the video of the the mob that was berating that one lady at an outside seating restaurant. That's the, I think the difference between us and the uh, the leftist mob is they uh, they just don't care, man. They're just mean. Yeah, they're 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 definitely a lot of irrational and emotionally unstable. Uh, people and personalities in that and that specific population kind of switching gears a little bit but what you were talking about made made me uh think about did you guys see that 17 year old that shot those three people uh rittenhouse i think did you guys see anything about that yes i followed it pretty closely chase what you want to explain to everybody what was going on with that and what your thoughts are because i'd like to weigh in on that and i know Vinny, i'm sure you've got a couple of points for that one so what's interesting is i know some people have have looked at the fact that he wasn't from that town that he was quote unquote bust in kind of thing he has been interviewed or was interviewed before all of that went down from a few different things and so he was actually trying to clean off graffiti and was was really just there to protect a, a couple of businesses and young kid who's just trying to help and it seemed like he was trying to be a light in kind of the darkness and just caught caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time but he was just trying he, he saw that there's stuff going on he's trying to protect and provide medical assistance so he's an emt and so he was interviewed and clearly stated that i'm just trying to protect this business and provide medical support for those that need it and the from from the few different videos that I've seen, he was just trying to defend himself. It, it's not like he was out trying to to hurt, harm anybody. He was perfect protecting himself from the the mob, and I use that word kind of intentionally. That's kind of what what these people are. And so this one guy was chasing him and was definitely trying to do harm with him uh, to him. He defended himself, unfortunately, shooting this guy in the head. That I don't think that was his intention, but that, that's how it played out. And then there were two other individuals that, again, were chasing him, 
very much intended to do him harm. One had a skateboard, one actually had a pistol, and he he defended himself. And and the videos that you see that have been presented show him doing what a normal person, a, a, a normal citizen would do. It's just unfortunate that this is kind of where our society is and these democratic governors and mayors are not actually standing up for defending the citizens, that the citizens are having to do it themselves. And that's precisely why the second amendment was written precisely why the founding fathers kind of knew what government could potentially end up if they went to the two party system and, you know, gets into a longer conversation, but I don't know, man, it's just, it's sad. Any way you look at it, it's sad. It is. Vinny, what's your take on this situation? Well, the guy defended himself and justifiably so. He said he did the right thing. He said, hey, you know, if they chose, realize that he defended himself and have plenty of video of it, they probably, why they didn't charge him. Now, I was, was getting confused a little bit with the Antifa thug who shot some Trump supporter in, I guess it was Portland, without any repercussion. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with Portland, but, you know, you hope you never have to have get wind up in a situation where you need to defend yourself. But maybe he, uh, he said the guy was trying to help. And uh, sometimes things take a bad turn. At least he was armed. Otherwise, he probably would have been the dead guy. And, you know, the media would have blew over it. Well, that's a good point, man. You know, what the, it reminds me of that movie, The Karate Kid, when Mr. Miyagi looks at Danielson. And he says something to the effect of the best block is not to be there. And that's kind of what I look at this situation. The best block is not to be there. If you don't put yourself in that situation, you're not, nothing's going to happen to you. I've got a lot of heartburn with a 17 year old carrying a firearm, carrying a rifle unsupervised. That's illegal in, in Wisconsin anyway. And then from what I – I don't know if this is true, but I had heard or read that uh, I think it was his mother, like, drove him or gave him bus for somehow she was involved in getting him to that area. That's a huge problem. I think she, she could possibly be facing some criminal charges for accessory if some shit were to go down. Now, was this guy defending himself? Yes, he was defending himself. But <sighs> – it was just to me. That's just this. It was just the most asinine thing, and and for a seventeen year old to go, I'm gonna, I'm here to provide medical help. You're seventeen, dude. What the fuck are you gonna do? What What are you gonna do? Are you a certified? Are you a certified paramedic? I highly doubt it. At seventeen years old, so. Well, he, you, it, he says he was an EMT. Yeah, well, I don't think, you know, that's probably the situation for a young seventeen year old EMT to to be placing himself in. And I don't know too many EMTs that are strapped with rifles. I mean, I understand why, but I don't understand why an adult like IE, his parents would sign off on him doing that. That doesn't make any sense. Cause my 17 year old son said to me, if I had one, if he came in and said, I'm going to go do this, I'd be like, no hell, you're not going to sit your ass down here at the house and not get hurt. And now this boy is facing some, I mean, he's going to have, he's going to have some, Issues in court, civilly, criminally. I don't know what they're going to do criminally. I, I hate to even play judge on that panel. That's just, that's a fucking mess. Unfortunately, we're in a game right now. And this is all for votes. It's all for power. This is, has nothing to do with actually protecting the citizens of the United States. So I don't know how long this is going to last. I would hope to think that there's going to be some kind of saving grace. But unfortunately, I think that it's going to take more citizens standing up and unfortunately i think that's going to be more more lives are going to be taken and mm, i hope not but i think you're, you're pro- i hope not you're probably correct though man i mean i hope not too but you're probably right it, it let me ask you this and this is for everybody but let me ask you do you think that this covid stuff and this staying in phase two stuff is all about trying to keep the economy as crippled as it possibly can so the Democrats can point to that and use that as a see the economy shit because of Trump. Yeah. Stuff. Do. Why do you think that? 
Uh, simple. They, they even AOC had a tweet she pulled down that we got to keep the economy tanked or Trump will win, and they'll do whatever they can. You could, and the people see it, whether it's deliberate or not. And I think it is that uh, if you look at the economy, it has grown. More jobs have been re-added or you know added back. the The market is record highs. I mean, and I think the people that the Democrats are trying to win over with all this antics going on aren't the ones. They're they're gonna they're pissing everybody off. And uh, I didn't see the. The DNC or the RNC, but one was doom and gloom, and then the other one was positivity from all races. I mean, Herschel Walker, Burgess Meredith, a guy uh, that lived in the era of civil unrest and civil rights movements, and you have candidates now that are running against Democrats in their own district that are women and people of color and ethnicity, like uh, Kimberly Clasick running for Congress in Baltimore. This this chick's going to be a rock star. If they vote her in, even this mayor from Portland, you know, oh, well, this is happening. It's Trump's fault. No, it's your fault because you're a pussy. <laughs> Man, that sounds like the best. You won't do anything. That's the best campaign slogan ever. This is all your fault because you're a pussy. I like it. <laughs> Jen, you got you got any thoughts on waiting on that? <laughs> got nothing i got nothing so since i got nothing you got nothing you know what time it is it is they still live trivia time all right panel Vinny, you were the reigning champion aren't you uh, I believe so. Yes. Awesome. 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 All right. So it's up to Jen and Chase to dethrone you. I uh, suck at trivia. Uh-oh. There you I go. Suck I suck at trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at trivia. Word? What? I missed Man. Vinny winning last week. How exciting. Yeah. He pulled, he had a solo victory too. It was pretty impressive. He cleaned it. Oh, wow. I think you missed a question. The, the questions fell my way. Yeah, man. You, you had some good trivia karma. All right. Uh, I think we'll go Jen, Vinny, and Chase on this one. So round one. Uh, Jen, you're out the gate first. Okay. The Eiffel Tower oh. was originally intended for what city? <laughs> London. That's a good guess. But no, I'm sorry. Barcelona. Oh, man. Okay. That was a fuck. Jeff, you have to enunciate it. It's Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> Hold on, man. Morphin her baloney. I got I gotta stop and put some sugar in my gas tank before I try that enunciation. Hang on. <laughs> All right. Vinny. In which yeah. in which of Britney's video does she appear as a stewardess? Britney Spears? Yes, Britney Spears. And which one of Britney's uh, videos? I don't watch any. I never saw any of her videos. I don't even know what's <laughs> I don't even know any uh, anything she's put out. Uh it's not looking good for you, Vinny. No, it's not. <laughs> Dang. There's the crap talking. I'm not a Spears fan. All right, she's hot, was hot back in the day, but that's about it. Are you going to go with you today? Final answer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, toxic. Toxic was the video Brittany appeared as a stewardess in. And she was a hot little number back in that, back in the day. Chase. But not the end of the day. But not the end of the day. <laughs> I haven't said it. <laughs> I was waiting, and I, I'm speaking of which, I was I was going to mention how proud I am because I could feel Chase wanting to reach for that motherfucking stand, but he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He'd be like, as, uh, as I was saying, you know, he would roll it in something. All right, Chase. At the end of the day, carrots are good or a good source of which vitamin? Keratin. Carrots are a good source of which vitamin? Keratin. Carrots are a good source of which vitamin? Oh my god. <laughs> vitamin K. 
No, vitamin <laughs> A. Vitamin A. Sorry. I tried, man. I tried. Oh, we're all having a tough time tonight. Yeah, this is like extra hard kick your ass trivia. We've just <laughs> I broke this out of the Encyclopedia Britannica. The we old fart. What, um, drunk history, we should have drunk trivia. <laughs> well, every time I, I I do this, it's like stone trivia, except I'm the only one stoned. <laughs> Thank God I don't have to answer the questions. So, Jen, what is the name of the prehistoric town in which the Flintstones live? Meet the Flintstones in the modern... <laughs> I'm singing it. What is the name of the prehistoric town in which the Flintstones live? Oh, it's not coming to me. I'm going to say Pebbles, which is the child name. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Bedrock. It's bedrock. bedrock. Yes. Did you Google that shit? Did you duck that? No. I knew it. You knew it? Yes. Well, it took me two seconds, but I remembered it. It would have been great if that had been your question. It would have been yes. if we could steal the question and like other game shows. Sorry, man. It would have been it's on Vinny anyway. So you like not only stole from Jen, but you stole Vinny. I didn't even get it. He didn't even get a he didn't have a Barney Rubble fucking chance in bedrock to get that question. Jeez. The early bird gets the worm. Man, I tell you what. All right, Mr. Vinny B. What is the driest Ooh. continent? What is the driest continent? The driest continent. And it's a it's it'll surprise you. Well, it surprised me. Mm. I would have to go with being there's a big ass desert there. Africa. <laughs> nope. It says Antarctica. Antarctica. Oh, that's freaking nice, and it's the driest continent. They consider that, I guess, the driest continent. I don't know. I have to I have wow. to challenge that one on this trivia. Yeah, I think whoever wrote that is incontinent. <laughs> Incompetent. Well, no, continent. You could be They're full of shit. You could be full of shit. Yeah, that's for sure. I like it. Chase, <laughs> which U.S. state <laughs> has the longest cave system in the world? Which, Ooh, that's a good question. Which U.S. state has the longest cave system in the world? And I wouldn't have guessed this. Longest cave system. Mm, I'm going to venture a guess and say Montana. That is just a throw in a dice. <laughs> you crapped out, man. Sorry. It's Kentucky. Kentucky. Guys. I can see that. Really? I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I don't know. I've never been to I've never been to Kentucky. I mean, personally, I don't trust a state whose initials is KY. So <laughs> Yeah. That's just me. All right, Miss and Gully. What type what blood type what blood type qualifies as a universal donor? Oh. Oh what? O positive. Oh, you what you can't give her hints? <laughs> Well, it no says way. I'm so fuck. <laughs> no, you can't give her hints. I gave you a hint. <laughs> it's not my fault. The question was in Ireland. Shit, man, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so what was it? O positive? <laughs> no, it's O negative. Oh, damn. Sorry. <laughs> I'm O positive. I don't know. So. Change this. Fucked it up. <laughs> it's like, it didn't help. Sounded convincing, Jen. Yeah, there you go. All right, Vinny. What is the most abundant metal in the Earth's crust? The most abundant metal. Yes. Hmm. Iron. <laughs> Sorry, Vinny. It's aluminum. Aluminum. Wow. Yeah. Then why is there a can, a can shortage? <laughs> Same reason there's a coin shortage. Politics, Vinny. Yeah, polished ticks. <laughs> are we tied? Are we, all tied? are we all tied at zero? Yeah. Yeah, everybody's at zero, so <laughs> sudden death's going to be fun. Jeff wins this round. Apparently, yeah. I'm going to win. Yeah, it's looking good for me. Jake, take another hit, Jeff. I, 
I don't think it'll help you guys. It'll probably just fuck me up adding up the score. Is it still zero? Yeah, it's still zero. All right. Mambo is going to be the champion. All right, Chase, what is the most abundant element in the universe? In the universe? Yes, and it's not my ex-wife's ass. What is the most abundant element in the universe? Hydrogen? Hydrogen, yes. Oh. Oh, Oh, Dan, going down. He clinched the win. Oh, my goodness. This is a full moon. What is happening? Yeah, don't, no, don't say that because Vinny will send you a picture of his ass. <laughs> no, I, do, I, I don't send nude selfies or dick pics. That's right. <laughs> That's an ass pic, Vinny. You guys matching that shit up right as we speak. Does that look like Vinny's hairy ass? That's him. That's the culprit. Go get him. I know that haircut, dick. That fucking <laughs> sex offender after him. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he's got the two two birthmarks or something. <laughs> oh, anyway, so speaking of getting in shape and and butts and all that good stuff, if you want to get your butt in shape, uh, and and if you're in Wilmington, North Carolina, check out Hot Works at sixty seven fifty six Gordon Road, Suite one fifty. Hot Works is Wilmington's newest twenty four hour premier fitness studio. They're the only studio you'll find. It combines cross-training with infrared sauna and heat technologies. It's incredible. You can go in there, work out for 15 minutes in one of those saunas, and you burn an hour's worth of calories. It's awesome. I'm getting in better shape. I'm telling you what, this is like week five, six. I don't know. I lost count. But I can tell I'm getting in better shape going to Hot Works because yesterday I got halfway through the workout before I started to cry. So that's new. I couldn't I couldn't say that last week. Couldn't say it last week, but here I am. All right. It's good. It's good. All right, panel. So moving right along. This one was in religion and spirituality is our next topic. I'll tell you what, this is kind of a personal story for me. And I'll just I'll start it off this way and we can roll this into spirituality and philosophy, I guess. So last week. I saw, I actually visited with my older brother and it's, that doesn't sound that special. I'm sure at face value, but I haven't seen that guy in person in nine years, nine years. And, uh, it was weird. It was very bizarre. I was pretty excited to see him. We don't have a very good relationship for whatever reason. We're just not close. It's not that he's a bad guy or he's, or I'm a bad guy, or there's like bad blood. We're just not close. And both of our parents, you know, are, have passed on. And my middle brother died very tragically. And what had happened was when this was before I was born, my two older brothers, they're, my oldest brother's 17 years older than I am. So I was a complete fucking shock to my parents when, uh, when I was born. When my two brothers were growing up, my oldest brother pulled a rug out from underneath my younger brother, and my younger brother fell, hit his head on a coffee table, and it caused him to have very massive brain damage. He could function. It didn't impair his cognitive abilities or anything, but it gave him seizures, and he was about 12, 11, 12 when this happened to him. Um, At about 20 or 21, my middle brother, who had the accident, he died as a result of having a seizure because of, of that incident. So my oldest brothers always felt this massive guilt. And when I was hanging out with him, he had went there. He was rented a beach house with some of his friends. And one of his best friends came up to me and he said, you know, your, your brother, he, we were talking about philosophy or something. And, and this guy goes, you know, your brother doesn't believe in the afterlife. He thinks it's just lights out when you die. He's like, what do you think about that? And I just kind of like, you know, laughed it off. And I was like, ah, well, you know, he might be right. I don't know. I said, personally, I think there's, there's much more beyond just this. And I got to thinking about what he had said and why my brother would feel the way he feels. And I had this uh, kind of epiphany and it's kind of sad, but I feel like my brother 
I think feels so much guilt and shame. And I feel like he, it's not that he doesn't think there's life after death, but I think he just doesn't feel good enough to make it into a heaven because of what he did uh, to our brother. When it was just, a, I mean, it was an accident. It was a freak thing. They were just playing. He didn't do it maliciously. But I think he really harbors that kind of guilt. And it stopped him from connecting. I think it stopped him from connecting with me. I don't know. What, uh, what's your guys' thoughts on, on that and how, you know, circumstances in life really kind of shape what you think is going to, to come post-life? I think it's interesting, and I'll give a, a kind of a personal story as well. Uh, Jeff, you know that my brother has, in the past, he's dealt with heroin and the same kind of guilt. I, I assume that your brother is going is experiencing, and I think that people can take one of two different paths. They can recognize that the decisions that they've made, the way they live their life, may not have been the best, and they can make a life altering decision to to change that, or they can just kind of wallow in in that guilt and can never kind of let go of things. And it sounds like that's what your brother is doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that fear of not being good enough drives a lot of people to say that they're atheists or say that they don't believe in some kind of afterlife or higher, higher being. But I think deep down that they do believe that there's something or they want to believe that there's something after we finish our time on this planet, but they don't, they don't feel adequate enough. They don't feel that they can be uh, redeemed or that they can't do anything good enough to, to kind of correct the, that whatever it was that happened, whether it was something they did on purpose or accident, they don't feel that they're good enough. I believe that there's something out there. I believe that there's a higher power and it, it just, to me in, in the grander scheme of things would not be right if, there wasn't some kind of redemption. And I think that there, we, we, we put because of the guilt or or whatever reason we put these things on ourselves. And so I think that we end up getting in our own way instead of the universe, God, higher power, whatever you want to look at it. uh, I, I think we get in our own way, unfortunately. And if your brother is open to letting go and realizing that, it wasn't something that he did on purpose. It could have happened to anybody. I mean, it could have been the reverse. Your, mm-hmm. your brother could have done that to him. And you know, as far as letting stuff go in that incident, this will give you guys a maybe a, a, an even more fuller picture as to what maybe I was feeling and, and some of my conflicting emotions about the whole situation, particularly with my older brother. When I was 19 years old, uh, my dad or our dad, should I say, passed away. And at that time, my mom was already gone. Our middle brother had passed away uh, years before. Now our dad had passed away. So my brother and I were essentially all that was left. And I'll never forget sitting in his kitchen. And I'm 19 years old. My dad had died the day before. And I'm just shocked and in grief and just struggling for faith in God or something. And uh, the only adult, quote unquote, the only male role model I have at this moment is my older brother who's sitting across from me. And we're having a conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, he starts talking about our brother who had been who had died. And he looks at me after talking about him a little bit. He says, when he died. All I could think was I just wished it had been you. That's what my brother. <laughs> that's what my brother said to me. I just lost my. I just buried my best friend, my dad, and I'm looking to this guy as my support now. I don't know my ass from a hole in the wall. The world feels incredibly big and closing up on me, and this is what this guy's words of wisdom are to me. When he said that, I immediately teared up. And I immediately thought, I'm not going to cry. I'm not fucking crying. But I never forgot that moment. And it's just stuck with me. And, and that has been such a riff with us. And it definitely was a challenge to my spirituality. 
you know, in many ways. Jeff, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That is just a lot of stuff. And I'm so sorry that all of that, all of it happened. Um, and thanks for bringing this topic up because I think, yes, for sure, you know, all of us are in our own worlds and our own perceptions of things. And, you know, my upbringing, I have things that I can point to along the way. And, and in a way, it's like, well, clearly mine is worse than anything I've ever, you know, that kind of a, a mentality you get into your own um, situations so deeply that you don't, you don't see what's happening with others. Um, I see it from a perspective of development and, you know, spiritual growth, perhaps. Um, if we, if you look at it in that sense, like we're all here because there is a divine purpose, whether you want to call it God or source or, or whatever spirit energy. Um, it, this is my belief. Obviously some people don't believe in God, wh whatever, but to me, I feel like we all have our challenges, um, and and it's, I believe, why we're here in a way to grow and, and to to grow in love and understand each other. No, to understand what this is all about better. So yeah, of course I've had situations. I had a narcissistic parent who was really. Uh, hard on the kids and you know it's like traumatic <laughs> those kind of things mm -hmm. but we I, surprisingly and I've thought about this a lot before is that I knock on wood at my age uh, and we're all about the same age I guess mm -hmm. I have hardly ever had any death happen and I just probably jinxed it all but uh, I don't know if we were ever in a place where we could maybe handle that Maybe we're given as much as we can handle uh, in our developmental lives or whatever. Um, and, and the growth that you experience in this lifetime where you seek um, help from others, help um, from within. Um, you know, your brother went through something that was really traumatic for him. And at that place in his life where he said that, you know, maybe he just didn't have a perspective that he has now. And that's, that's our, that's our burden. And that's our challenge, um, in our own life, in our own lifespan. So I've often wondered why, why some people have so many other people die in their lives and I haven't. Why, why is that? Well, maybe the trauma that I experienced, it was all I could handle. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I don't know exactly. Well, another fascinating way. And I, and I like to look at and examine and point to the story of my brother and I, my, you know, kind of my brother's keeper kind of thing. But it's interesting that spiritually speaking, he went very harshly one way and I went the complete opposite way. Like we went through similar traumas, but we were at very different stages in our lives. He was much older, you know, than I was when, when, a lot of these tragedies were happening. Like he was already, he, he was already had a family, was married. He was a little more established. I was a kid dealing with a lot of this stuff. And then being 19, you know, still a kid dealing with this stuff. But even through all of that, that, that trauma, we really just took two completely separate perspectives and separate paths on our journey. And I think there's, I don't know, man, there's something bigger than me, something, there's something divine about that and wonderful. And I, I, I just, I wished I could have answered his buddy's, my brother's buddy's question better when he was grilling me about what do I think about uh, my brother's lack of faith. I'm like, you know, honestly, I think we're all going to the same place anyway. And I, I definitely don't see it as lights out. I've had, I've had a near death experience. I can, you know, I, I've, I can only speak from my experience, but, there's so many more pieces of evidence that indicate to me there's more than than just this. Benny, what's your what's your philosophy on this stuff? Well, death is kind of funny in a way that we're here on this earth for a certain amount of time and what we do with it is kind of, you know, either good or bad. 
Now, sorry to hear what your brother said to you personally. If it was my brother said that to me, I think I would have hit him with a pipe. But <laughs> he probably deserved uh, it, <laughs> out of fairness. <laughs> yeah. But being that much older, 17 year difference, and you're at 19, you know, I being the oldest sibling in my family, probably would try to take the youngest one, even though he's, you know, or one of my younger siblings that was going through this and under my wing saying, hey, you know, truthfully, you have your gravestone. You have the year you were born and the year you die. And that little dash in the middle is life. Mm-hmm. And we try to live it to the best that we can. I said, I've watched my mom pass away five years ago. Well, I didn't watch her pass away. I've seen her go downhill and then she passed away. And I've had uncles and aunts and pass away throughout my lifetime. Uh, I'm not as young as you all. So I got that. uh that age gap kind of a little bit greater than you and your brother there, Jeff. So yeah, yeah. I kind of take things a little different. Uh, I see people that are traumatized by death and for some strange reason, it doesn't affect me that way. I was asked to give a eulogy at my mother's funeral and everybody was wondering what the hell I was going to say because you, you know how I am. <laughs> you didn't tell you any dick jokes, did you? I didn't do any. Was tricks, HR so. in attendance? I keeping you in line. HR. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Her rotten. Well, ass let me let me ask hard. you this, man. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you do you feel a strong belief that life goes on beyond this world? Like, you know, does life continue beyond death? I think so. And you know, as far as a heaven and hell goes, uh, being raised a Roman Catholic, that's something we said. We be good, we go to heaven. We were bad, we go to hell. Whether that's true or not. You don't want to take, I don't want to take that chance. I might be going to hell. I don't know. But as a person, I think I'm a, I'm a good person. I just, you know, like to get funny and goofy, but I want, if there is a heaven and hell, I want to go to heaven. If there isn't one, then, well, you know, at least I have nothing to worry about, but that's the way I look at it. But there's so many things on you. With all this paranormal stuff and investigations, there's something happen after people die. So you know that spirits still either hang around or move on. Where they move on to, we don't know. But So there is some sort of life after death. We just don't know where it tends to end up. I think, man, we really need, we need to study consciousness. I think we really need to start doing more research and, and really looking at consciousness and seeing how the hell that works. Like they still don't know how consciousness exists in the brain. I mean, they theorize it's chemicals and elect, I guess, electricity firing in the brain, but they don't know exactly how it works. And that to me is just, that's just the magic. I think that's the magic of life. And I think, I think that uh, all of this creation, when you look at it, it just, it's just all too neat. It's just too perfect. There had to be, an intelligent designer because we see some of the same patterns repeating in different things, whether it's uh, a seashell and an eye or, or whatever. I mean, there's just reoccurring commonalities and that's just all too perfect to me. I just, I just can't see, I just can't see this happening by chance. I, 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 a brilliant uh, scientist and, and I think he was a Christian author. I can't remember the, the man's name, but he said something to the effect that, um, uh, the the strand of human DNA, how perfect it's put together and how perfect we're put together, you had better chance of a tornado blowing through a junkyard and piecing together a, a functioning airplane than you do of the existence of humans and just how well crafted, you know, for lack of a better word, we are. I think that shows great evidence. My background is Southern Baptist. I grew up religious. I'm on a religious or a spiritual journey now. Where do you stand with that now? With spirituality or with religion? Well, either. Are you still a Southern Baptist? Let's start no, there. Definitely not. What, I, I, what, I what, what would you consider yourself? I'm on a spiritual journey. I, I, a word that I could use that people would resonate with, non-denominational. Okay. I don't believe that there's one particular religion that is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I believe that there are certain aspects of some religions that I, I believe at the, 
when it all is said and done, we're, we're all throwing the dice. It, it's all a guess. To me, it's an educated guess. There, to me, is some evidence. Again, I go back to studying anatomy, studying the body. There's just so much evidence. It all just works together. It can't just happen to evolve that way. It's all too pretty. It's all too perfect. Mm-hmm. And I look at the Fibonacci sequence, the quote-unquote golden rule or the golden ratio. It's the most prolific mathematical ratio in in our uh, in our existence that is in everything. It's in the design of a hurricane. It's in uh, a lot of plants, how they grow. It's in our bodies. And to me, that's God's signature. I mean, I've, I've got a tattoo that's uh, a representation of that because I think it's God's signature. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just not happenstance. The more I understand, the more I realize that I don't know, the more I realize that I don't understand. For example, my cousin and, and one of my best closest friends, uh, a number of years ago, I started having these, uh, these lucid dreams, these uh, kind of night terrors. And there's a level of connection that people can have that is just inexplicable. And so I was having this dream experience where it's, you know, it's kind of half awake, half asleep. And there was a demonic presence that was, was in my presence. Well, my cousin was having the same dream at the same time. Now I never saw my cousin, but she saw me and she was a protector of me in the dream, in the dream. So I happened to wake up and we'll just say it was three o'clock in the morning. Sent her a text message said, Hey, just had this really bad dream. And, and that was that. Well, she immediately responded and she's like, Hey, I've had a bad dream too. I'm like, well, that's really weird that we both have a bad dream at the same time. What was your dream? And so she basically explained the same dream, but from her perspective. Now that sounds weird and maybe you're having some hairs stand up, but the crazy aspect of that is it didn't just happen one time. It happened four or five times. Are you serious with, with the same cousin? Same, same. So same kind of deal. Was it like the same dream or was it different dreams? it, It was the same demonic presence. I'll put it that way. Okay. And, and I used that, that phrase demonic presence. It wasn't a, a cuddly, you know, kind of bear thing that was, Hey, here's rainbows and sprinkles kind of thing. No, I, I could I feel you. that it, it was something that was trying to do harm to me. I had that a very similar situation when I was about, I don't know. I was somewhere between 10 and 12 years old, except it wasn't a dream. I woke up and I woke up and it sounded like an engine or something loud was uh, rumbling. And then it stopped and it woke me up. And I remember waking up and I looked over the dog. I had this little dog um, that was down on the floor next to the bed. He was just laying there and he was, didn't seem startled or anything, but I knew I heard the noise. So I rolled over to go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden I felt the most demonic presence and, and I, I rolled over and I, I just heard in this deep voice, you must die and all of a sudden i saw an apparition it was a like a cutout of light i don't know how to explain it other than if you drew an outline a chalk outline of a body standing in the room and that chalk outline was glowing that's what i saw and i was fucking terrified i was so scared i barely could move somehow I broke out of like the bed. Like I was just frozen. I was so terrified. The dog started fucking going ballistic because the dog saw it. And immediately the spirit just as quick as it came into the room, it was gone, but I could still feel it. And I bolted out the door and the dog was just going crazy. And I woke my dad up and tried to explain to him what had happened. And of course he thought it was a dream, but it's like, no, I, I live that. So when you say, you know, you, you know, this demonic presence. It's like, yeah, man, I, I, I felt that and saw that and I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't asleep. That clearly that proved that should say that there's something going on beyond these bodies that we're in. Jen, what's your, what's your thought? I am terrified from that story. 
Yeah, true story. Hand to God. Hand to God. That's when I I knew. I was uh, somewhere between 10 and 12 years old. And I even went to school that, like, I didn't sleep. I went to school. I was exhausted trying to tell my friends, and they thought I was making the shit up. Nobody believed me, which that was traumatizing, too. It's like, here I was, terrified now to sleep, and I was terrified to sleep alone. I think I slept in my my dad's room like for like the next two or three nights, and finally he's like, "You're too too old to do this." I'm like, "I know," but I'm like, "I can't believe this." I can't either. I mean, because I I have um, friends who do the ghost walk of old, you know, of Wilmington here, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina, and um, I don't know. I have a hard time sometimes because I certainly believe in. I believe our energy moves beyond this life. I believe it moves into other forms or. We're all energy. I, I do. So it, uh, life beyond this life makes sense to me in that regard. What I've never, ever been able to reconcile, though, is the dark energy. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know how this because it's, the you know, God, devil. People say it's yeah d- demonic, bad energy. All, I don't I don't know how to reconcile that because. I don't know if I believe in evil entities. I don't know if I do. Because well, I think that, yeah, this is the spirit, um, the source exploring itself. So maybe that that could explain it. What do you think about that? Uh, this demonic thing saying, you must die. Like, you what? know, honestly, my thought, my impression, and this is weird. And this is going to sound really, this may sound silly to some of you guys. But to this fucking day because of the layout of, of the room that I was in that bedroom that I, that I had that experience in, I, where the door is. Okay. Anytime I I lay down to go to sleep, I always have to face the door, no matter where the door is in whatever house I'm in, like my house. Now I have to lay down and face that door to go to sleep because I have to keep watch and it's truly post-traumatic stress. Like I don't, I, I can't turn my back to the door because in my mind, my back was to the door when that thing showed up. It was very real. And I, I have a hard time. I mean, I, 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 I struggle with the idea that God is everything. And it's having this almost schizophrenic experience where we're all God and everything that we see is God. And it's all a manifestation of itself. And it's all having these, these schizophrenic experiences and feeling what it's like to be a little boy frightened by a, a, a demon, or it's feeling what it's like uh, to be uh, a hero firefighter, whatever. I mean, it's having all these different stories. I mean, that's, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I can see in my mind, I always kind of felt like in regards to that experience, I always felt like that there was something special about me that there was a, there was a glow, there was a spark, there was just something in me that was good, or there was something that I was going to do for the world that was good. And that evil didn't like that. It didn't want me to succeed in whatever it was that I was supposed to do. And that was just okay. the impression that I was left with. And I'm not saying I believe that or, or I don't, I don't know at this point in my life, but that's just how I, I always thought about it moving forward. I like that interpretation. That makes me feel like safer somehow. Yeah. Well, look at the world. I mean, this whole, this is clearly spiritual warfare. There's a battle of light and dark and it's, I mean, it's possible that it's all God, but it's also possible that maybe, I mean, maybe it ain't. I mean, maybe there is truly two different polarities. Maybe there is a yin yang God devil kind of, thing going on i don't i don't know i have to think there there is because you wouldn't have these two extremes and fighting each other all the time i mean i guess evil is rearing its ugly head for maybe one last stand because things were decent for a long time i don't know i haven't read the bible the book of revelations i guess spells out a lot of what's going on now or the prophecies of nostradamus that told of what's going to happen and hey, you know a lot of these things have, are turning out true so now whether we're near the end of days i don't know it's hard to say but i do think there is a force of good and a force of evil and i guess that's 
the internal battle within us of which side we want to go to. Maybe that was part of your internal battle at that age that reared its ugly head. And maybe you said, well, well, I, I'm not going that way. And Chase, as far as your dream with your cousin, maybe the evil that you both saw is something that happened in your lives that you haven't in, interpreted yet, but you might have to either have combated it together in some virtual form, or it's something that you find that maybe you haven't seen yet that you will have to combat together, depending on how long ago it happened. Yeah, it was it was a number of years ago, and I haven't had those kinds of dreams since 2016, maybe 2015, somewhere in there. So it's been a number of years, and and I, I don't think that's far off. But I, I think one of the the central themes for me is just the fact that there's so much in this world that we don't understand, whether that's consciousness or just how the body works. We're there's still learning things about the body and there's science that's out of this universe and jeff this i know this is a big topic you're interested in is ufos there's stuff that we don't understand Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the flaws of our our species is we think that we understand everything we're not humble enough to acknowledge and admit that there's stuff that we don't understand and maybe we're just not supposed to yeah, I mean, those are some. I mean, these are big questions, and they're scary. They're scary. I think the biggest fear for humans, in my experience, is the fear of the unknown, not knowing what's next, not knowing what's real, what's not, not knowing what our fate is. That's terrifying. And I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of points in history where we can point the finger at religion, and that fear. And the religion that that has, um, well, the the fear that that religion has has put into people, I think, has made people do some pretty awful things in the name of God or in the name of their religion or or their savior, their their way. So it's a slippery slope. Well, here's what we're gonna do. I think we're gonna pull into we're gonna we're gonna carry this topic into the next episode. If that's cool with everybody, because there's just so much deliciousness to dive into with this. I don't want to, I don't want to wrap it up now, but we're out of time. Um, I'm going to give everybody some final thoughts and then we'll say goodbye. Um, Vinny, you got any final thoughts on, on anything we talked about? Yeah, I guess uh, we can only live our lives and whatever happens, try not to dwell on negativity because it's going to happen no matter what. So I just try to live my life and hopefully everybody does the same and have a happy existence into the next phase. Live and let live. I like it. Jen, what's your final thought? Well, I I love that you brought up and that we're going to continue this. uh, Fear of the unknown, because I think that's a really relevant topic across the board for humans in general. Uh, not just with spirituality, religion, but in relationships. Um, so I look forward to that because I think that um, it is very human to not want to move forward or make decisions or get stuck for that very reason or to explore uh, someone who's different than you, um, ethnicity, whatever, because of the fear of the unknown. So this is a really great topic I look forward to talking about. That sounds good. Chase, you got some final thoughts? Yeah, I'd just say, accept that we don't understand everything and there's no possible way that we can. There's just so much out there. And be open to what God or the universe brings into your perspective and and just try to listen. I think nature and everything around us is trying to to talk to us. It's just a matter of listening and being open-minded. I think that's a great point because if you look around at the world, it seems like we're trying to, uh, there's somebody trying to distract us everywhere we turn and everywhere we look, there's another distraction, whether it's an iPhone, whether it's Kim Kardashian, whether it's a new car or a bigger house or a this or a that, or it's the left or the right, there's lots of distractions. Something's trying to 
you know, get our attention and veered away from the truth, I think. When you put the glasses on, you know, suddenly your race becomes human. Your political party becomes American. And your religion becomes love. And the religion of love doesn't condemn and it doesn't convert. And for me, I think that's, that's my path. That's the, that's the right religion to follow. Well, panel, I appreciate your time and, and your contributions this episode. And I look forward to continuing this amazing, magical, philosophical, spiritual discussion into the next episode. Remember, everybody, put your glasses on because they still live. Good night, everyone. 